And a, and a big red flag is a is a huge ask for an incentive package, um, and that's that's something that is not appetizing to us at the EDC. That's something that's certainly not exciting for a majority of our populace, as we've seen in the last few years. Play Normal Esports Studio. This is Pod BN talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. I am Tyson here today with Zach Dietmeyer from the Economic Development Council. How are you doing today, Zach? Good. Good to be here again. Cool. It's nice to have you as a guest instead of a co-host this time. A little bit of a mentality change, but yeah. we're, we're good. Should Exciting. be fine. Well, I'm interested to chat with you about things, but first I want to recognize our sponsor, Little Beaver Brewery. If uh, you have trouble at the local bars finding out what you want to pick, I find it much easier now that we are sponsored to just go ahead and just pick the Little Beaver Brewery uh, option. I was over at Joe's Pub the other day for a happy hour, and I uh, wasn't sure what to get, and I saw that uh, Little Beaver was on tap, so I just went ahead and grabbed that up. So if you want to simplify your options and uh, have a good selection <laughs> to, to go with, I'd say just uh, look for Little Beaver at the local bars. Also, something cool to announce, we are now on Stitcher and Google Play. So for you Android users out there, you can now find us in places that are more easily accessible than the Podbean app. So go ahead and subscribe to us there. We appreciate more people listening to us. And with that, uh, Zach, let's uh, let's talk EDC a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who, uh, who don't follow things closely, can you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about the EDC? So the long name, which is always fun for the business card or just in general to tell people, the Bloomington Normal Economic Development Council uh, focuses mainly on um, actions for uh, business attraction, for business retention. So we want to make the businesses in our community happy and continuing to flourish. We want to help grow our community with new businesses coming in, and we want to help out our local entrepreneurs. And we do all that uh, in a delicate balance with the city of Bloomington, the town of Normal, and all across McLean County with uh, our roughly 4,000 potential businesses that uh, could need our help at any given time. And we're always reaching out, advocating for them at a at a broader um, level as well, whether it's local, state, or, or federal government advocacy in, in different realms. It's a, it's a broad mission at different times, uh, but our, our, our main core work is always trying to grow the local economy by assisting with that expansion, with recruiting new business and companies to the area and encouraging new waves of entrepreneur work as well for um, boosting our entire business climate. So how long has that been going on? I want to say it was around 1983. Okay. The community, yeah, it's 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 pushing on over almost 35 years now that they've officially been incorporated as an entity. They came together in the early 80s and kind of saw where the world of business was already starting to go as technology started to develop, and they knew there was going to be a need to compete with other regions and and other industries for certain talent and for certain um, business types. 
types uh, that, that would be real targets. So they developed as a community here in McLean County um, an economic development organization that was actually under the Chamber of Commerce at the time and was housed with the Chamber of Commerce for several years and um, kind of served in that role that we've been talking about, helping out uh, with retention of businesses, expansion, and uh, some entrepreneur work as well. That went all the way up until right around 2000, um, and I think it was 2003, that it actually separated off as its own entity, that the, the work with the Chamber of Commerce was different enough where they were more focused on advocating for those current businesses. They, they knew that there was an attraction piece necessary there to really help with the growth aspect of business in McLean County, and they separated it off as its, its own entity. And uh, it was around 2007, 2008, it moved into our current location in Uptown Normal in the Heartland Bank building. The mission has really not changed very much in the 35-year period, but uh, the the players have shifted a little bit, and we're, we're still there. And and focused on the growth of the area. So is that pretty common time for a lot of cities of our size to get into economic development? I think it was, yeah, I think it was one of those things that started really after World War II. Um, Expansion really took off there. A lot of chambers of commerce grew out of that. A lot of economic development organizations started to form in the late 40s, early 50s, as communities really started to try to figure out, what are we going to do with all these new families with the baby boom? You had housing that played into that. You needed jobs to fill for all of the soldiers coming back from from the war and all of the the men and women that were working uh, to uh, supply the uh, the army at that point and and really drive the uh, the war forward there. Um, and it really grew from there. And it was about the seventies, late seventies, early eighties, where communities of of our size it started to become more of a, a real reality to attract some of these businesses. Where it wasn't all about the urban centers. It started to spread out, and they found needs there um, to start to get competitive about some of those businesses. Well, I don't expect you to be an expert on all this history, but I do find the genesis of it to be interesting, um, nor am I an expert by any means. But I know that after World War II, there was people going from the rural to urban, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. um, technology making it so that we don't need to have as many people working in rural environments. So there's a change in the economy there. And then, um, you know, what constituted, I guess what I'm hearing you say, what constituted urban is not just, you tend to think of it like, you know, Chicago, yeah, right? Yeah. But we we in Bloomington Normal are, are urban in that sense in that we're not agricultural, right? Is that kind of the... Essentially, too. And a lot of that change was driven by the access of computers. It was really that that time frame where the personal computer started to take its... uh, role in 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 the private business mm-hmm. world. So um, and you, you see the the ups and downs and the changes of everything. But uh, it's it's really interesting to study those time periods too, and and to see communities realize really at a, at a at a vital time of change for for the world as it as it was with technology that uh, that these needs are were were there for their communities and they spotted them and said yeah we need to do something about it. Yeah. 
And I and similarly now with the economy changing a lot with the internet, then that that moving target has moved again, right? It's interesting to see from an economic development standpoint how that has changed things. Um, it puts everybody in this big global pool. Um, I, the, the buzz term for people who do pay attention for economic development is foreign direct investment. So you okay. saw, especially with uh, around 2015, 2016, with the, the big Foxconn deal in, in Wisconsin, everybody was becoming a player for those big manufacturing operations. And, and they're looking even outside the U.S. for attraction now. Um, Brant Industries here for McLean County locally was a big part of that, a Canadian company. But they were focused on something that, that we do very well here in central Illinois, and that's agriculture. And we're, we're looking at ways to tie tie in international companies and international sectors, um, whether that's in ag, whether that's in the insurance industry, whether that's in some other form of professional business services. And now you see a lot of uh, even smaller operations of, of economic development targeting worldwide entities. And it's it's really amazing to see how that's creating a lot of change in, in this industry as well. Hmm. Yeah. So let's, um, let's walk through... Uh that's you know kind of our high level uh, 100 year flyover there. Um, let's talk a little bit about the specific groups that you've mentioned. So I, I listed off here. You talked uh, retention, expansion, and new businesses too. So um, I guess we go in order of those. So what's the EDC's role in expanding? I'm sorry, in uh, retaining businesses here? Well, the first and most important role of a community is to make sure the businesses that are here are happy, are able to flourish, are not being held up by things that could be avoidable to prevent growth. Um, economic development, I think it's important to maybe even start there with our, our definition. There's so many definitions of what is economic development. Yeah. You hear it all over the place, and it, it means so much different to so many different people, which is a good thing, but it's it can also be a bad thing. Uh, just breaking down those words, they mean wealth generation. Um, and that's a point at which you're generating wealth. That can be physically wealthy as a community, growing your uh, your gross domestic product as a country and as a region. That can mean socially growing uh, opportunities from quality of life and, and objects like that. And it, and it can mean you know um, some opportunities for families as a whole. Um, it, it can be an individual thought pattern as well. So that's kind of what we look at when we're looking at how do we re retain these businesses. It can be something as simple as they're having power blips at a company. How do we work with the local utilities to maybe smooth those things out? And that's that's a real-world example of what something we've done at the EDC in the past couple of years with a couple different businesses. And um, it could be ways to find links with workforce development and employees for, for companies. Um, it, it's such a broad range, even in and of itself, of the retention side. And what we do for that, and you'll see typically with any economic development organization, whether it's in Illinois, whether it's on the West Coast, East Coast, in a different country, there will be one-on-one -on -one visits with those companies. The only way that you can really build good relationships with your, your friends or your family or your coworkers is to reach out and communicate with them. So we like to try to maintain and build relationships by going to these companies, seeing what their operations are, understanding better what, what our industries are as a community and as a region, and then we can work from that point to say, okay, this is how we can help. This is how we develop our programs 
programs, and this is where our aims are, because if we don't really understand what our businesses' needs are and what their their goals and visions are, we can't form an accurate picture of what our community vision should be. So we work with probably about 150 to 200 of our local entities. I mentioned there's close to 4,000 countywide, so we're on a little bit of a cycle. But that's a that's in a in a in a full staffing year for us. There's generally a person that's assigned to knock out two or three of those visits a week. It can be tough to schedule some of those around different areas or different times of year. If you think about agriculture in particular, if you're a manufacturer, that's a little bit different than if you're a grain elevator and and what the needs are. And uh, you know you've already gotten your spring and your fall knocked out for for availability. So, do you guys tend to? reach out to certain businesses or do you wait for them to come to you? It's a little bit of both. Um, Our program is called BN Grows, and we're focused on trying to market that and promote that uh, with the um, hiring of our new CEO. We've had to cover a lot of ground. There's uh, our our office at its its peak is probably about six to seven people, and right now we're at four. So um, we're covering a lot of ground in in just trying to put out fires as necessary. But uh, uh, typically, what you'll see is there will be somebody who is assigned to that. They'll reach out to businesses and they may go by sectors. They may go by business size at that point, maybe try to hit all of the larger businesses in the community. They may go for um, small business focused areas with uh, entrepreneurs in particular that are in new or developing businesses. So uh, it kind of depends on what the strategy is at that point. But our goal is also to hit as many of those industries and as many of those businesses as possible. So that kind of, uh, you know, uh, gets into expansion directly. I mean, you would think that companies who are expanding here are more likely to stay here, right? So do you really distinguish between your retention and your expansion activities? Uh, We do in the sense that we want to make sure that our businesses know that they are our, our primary focus um, because without them you don't have a base for a community you don't have um Certainty as a business climate. Certainty is the most important thing for businesses, and if if we're not keyed into what their issues are, what they're doing well, some areas that they're expanding on, that that kind of does drive where our expansion efforts are. Um, and there are different ways to to approach expansion as well. Um, uh, some some communities will take whatever they can get, and um, I would not say that Bloomington Normal and McLean County is one of those. I think we have a highly directed. Uh, Uh, targets for things. Some of our industries that we target for um, expansion opportunities are um, particularly in the business and professional services. Financial is an obvious one Mm -hmm. uh, for that reason. And you see that with companies. They like to go and cluster with other other businesses. If you look at some of our our top industries here in McLean County, you see the state farms, the country financials. You start to see the development of those clusters even here. And now an ever-growing cluster here for, for Bloomington Normal, and a big part of our attention here over the last few years has been in manufacturing with bringing in Brandt Industries and, and Rivian Automotive. Um, there are more um, smaller suppliers that have come in for them and have shown interest. 
so that also ex- ex- expands on on some of those things. Our business retention does help with those businesses locally, and I, I think that might be what you, you might have been asking. There is is how do we identify those expansion opportunities? Oftentimes they do come to us uh, if they're a local operation. Distill Brewery, brewery was an ex- a great example of that. They mentioned that they wanted to build a brewery, and we did everything we could to keep them in our community to hash out some of the issues that they might have with uh, maybe being able to get business mat- um, building materials or um, uh, some utility checks in and balances there. Um, so it does drive a local expansion uh, directly out of our, our retention program. What you'll hear them called is a, a, a BRE program, Business Retention and Expansion. And that's ultimately, you know, uh, from our side as the EDC, we're trying to get people to to grow, and that's that's a helpful thing for not only the company but for the community yeah. to to bring in more more people to shop in our stores, to to live in the homes locally, and to to continue to build. Are you able to talk in more detail about a specific example, like with distill? To you know, one example can sometimes illustrate a lot of different things. So you mentioned working with uh, trying to get the right building materials for them. Um, like, what's a, maybe give me a little bit more about what that what that was like. There's there's always a dance I think with with companies, um, and and that's another area that tends to get um, tagged on to economic development is incentives for projects. And I don't know who was the first person to to implement an incentive to get somebody to come to their community, but I wish I could go back and and stop those people. It's <laughs> it, it creates so many headaches for a community, and I think it causes a lot of um, division amongst uh, opinions on things because it takes something that is so good for a community, growth and expansion of businesses, and unfortunately, it, it just kind of creates this polarization of how to do that, how to how to how to do, to do that well. Um, Distill is an example of uh, they were looking at all of their options. Um, they were a company that grew out of Bloomington Normal. They had an owner who was a hometown guy. He um, has done such great work in expanding that factory and uh, their operation. They're now serving several countries, and that's such a great uh, piece for us to use from marketing side for a community but um, uh, diving into that a little bit you have to kind of be careful because you have to decide as a community what your priorities are is it to attract new businesses and is that at the expense of your current businesses and uh, that was one of those things where they worked with us because they were here they wanted to be here but other states came calling for their for their services Mm -hmm. Indiana was the main competition they were they were ready to take some some great deals elsewhere in the Hoosier state because they were offering incentives that would pull them out and, and looked really attractive. So one of the things that we did as an organization working with the town of Normal was to um, expand our enterprise zone. And for those who don't know what the enterprise zone is, is that's an area, it's uh, administrated by the state of Illinois, um, the Department of Commerce in particular, but they kind of uh, divvy that responsibility out to local areas because you're going to know the region best. You're going to know how to split up and what the needs will be for your community. And the enterprise zone really is a local business incentive. It's, 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 a, it's a rebate 
need essentially on um, building supplies. So for a company that's expanding, it makes it more attractive, you know, say it's a $50,000 expansion. If it's a certain percentage on your sales tax that's that's cut off, it might not be as attractive if it's a $10 million project that's going to save you somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, six dollars $700,000 overall. Uh, so that was something that we worked on. We expanded the ex- the enterprise zone to the location, and we helped them to, to get secured. But uh, part of that is managing the message, too, as well, that you hear in the community and, and being clear and communicating well with those businesses. Because oftentimes the best incentive you can offer to a business that's interested in your community is clear communication. It's being able to connect them and avoid red tape and, and processes that might otherwise prevent them from being interested in your community. And, and, and we see that quite often. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the to the incentives part of it, that tends to be the external perspective is that the EDC is the, is the uh, organization that's going out outside of the community and finding people to give taxpayer pay your dollars to so they can yeah. set up shop yeah. here. Um, so I, how much of that is, you know, I guess, what's the reality of that? If anything, I would say we are the ones that are working to cut those deals down <laughs> as opposed to generating them. We never go out and present that as, a, as an initial um, tag along. Uh, some of these deals that we put together could take six, seven, eight months. Some of them could take a few years, depending on, on who's seeking it out. Typically, we don't even know who we're dealing with at, at first through these deals. There will be a company that approaches either the state of Illinois or one of our local municipalities, and they will say, hey, we're a company that deals in manufacturing. We're a company that deals in this kind of service industry, and we're looking for this much space with this kind of amenity service. Some of them will need rail uh, spurs. Some of them will just need access to a great amount of power, and we'll start to look to see if we have any sites like that available. Uh, We're tending to deal with people who they call site selectors in the industry. They might be brokers. They might be real estate oriented. And what they're doing is they're looking to cut down options for different places. And so we'll begin the the dance with them to get them all the information that they need, and if we survive those first few rounds of cuts, uh, as their their main job is to eliminate down locations. And if you're one that they just can't eliminate, you make those final rounds. Then they start to lead to site visits. They start to lead to more questions. They start to build more information as well. Brant was a great example of of that as well. They approached us, and we didn't know other, anything other than them being an ag manufacturer at first, and then. Uh, those locations start to, to die down. And then you try to figure out, okay, who else is involved in this conversation? Are there ways we can track that information? And then you, you, you that is important because it shows you what kind of incentive packages exist in those states that are, that are already in place. So I think, I think it's important with incentives to know that they are never a be-all, end-all for a project. They tend to get a negative response, but uh, in in the case of what we've done locally, especially with Rivian and with with Brandt, they are performance-based, which is an important factor to to keep in mind. Uh, they are not proposed by us. They are generally uh, assisted by us and with, by the knowledge that the state might offer in, in, in certain areas, but they are never things that uh, we will seek out. And we've had deals fall through based on incentives before because we've had companies 
say, we want 10 years, no taxes. And we'll say, absolutely not. That's that's not somewhere we're willing to go. And they'll say, okay, well, we're going to go to Iowa or we're going to go to Ohio because they'll do that. Um, so it's definitely not something we take lightly. We know that it's, it's taxpayer money. We're the ones paying into it too as members of the community. And we don't want that to ever be a deterrent. We also don't want that to be a detriment to the community. And um, I think that's that's something that's important for people to remember is it's it's not something that we're seeking out and it's it's something that has halted deals in the past. Really what what we say with these companies is we get them to the the goal line in a sports analogy, and it's what pushes it over the goal line typically. Um, they, they want to know that the community is going to be committed to them as a business mm-hmm. and not just expecting them to come in and then have service groups approaching them about how you can be a member for them, how you can donate to them. It, it just shows them that the community is committed to them as as an organization and, and willing to, to be partners in a development rather than some, some separated out entity like yeah you come to us you give us things that's how this works so it's tricky um i hate it (laughs) personally uh but we never let it let it stop us from from a business deal because the long-term payoff is what we're focused on and that's and that's really the key i think is to to remember that economic development is an investment it's not about five years from now it's not even about 10 years from now it's when you're bringing in a multi-million dollar manufacturing deal you're expecting them to be in the long haul for 70, 80, 90 years. And where those payoffs are down the road, you have to really be savvy in your investment as a community in that business as well. Because with a with a brand coming in, they got an incentive deal there. They're already a multi-billion dollar company. You know that they have a plan, they have a strategy, they know where they want to be. And we have to keep in mind that, yes, we, we might give them a tax break here for the first seven years. They're going to improve that property. It's going to be worth more than it is today. And our options are really, well, we can maybe find another deal that's similar down the line, but we can also begin that improvement now. We don't take a hit now. We weren't going to have that tax base anyway if there's nobody at that property. Mm-hmm. But it builds. It, it's it's going to be worth more this year than it was last year. It's going to be worth more next year than it is this year. And then you look at year seven, when seven to ten, when those tax abatements start to drop off, a lot of those are, are going to be extremely higher um, intake in, in the revenue side for the taxing bodies than, than what they saw today. Yeah. So if you think about... So I got to think this would cross people's minds, right? Mm-hmm. Both at EEC and at the city when offering uh, city or town or I guess county. Is Branton the county? Brant is officially in the county. Okay. They, they would be part of Hudson um, for their service area. So the Fire um, Protection District of Hudson services Brant and Nussbaum trucking right there. Okay. So they're south. And Hudson Library District is involved in that. Mm-hmm. Unit 5 covers that whole region. McLean County was involved in that. And uh, the township is actually part of Normal Township there. So that's an interesting area yeah, right yeah. through there. We're so, but I mean, for those taxing bodies and for the EDC, I'm assuming you should be thinking through, like, why do they need these incentives, right? And two easy things to go for is either they don't because they're a healthy business and so they're just kind of taking money from us, yeah. or else they do, in which case are they really like a if – they, if they need this money to do better, why, do they, why are they even going to take – like, are we confident in them in the first place? So – 
finding a space between there, what I'm hearing you say is um, maybe they would be encouraged to come but wouldn't invest in the facility as much as they could if they didn't have the incentive or um, maybe it's just a, a market-based thing almost they're getting a better deal somewhere else and so like we see the long-term payoff of that is that the dynamic a lot like we're just giving them a better deal than somewhere else is it is essentially the what what sold it more so for us we did not have the best incentive package for Brandt uh, honestly and that is not me just talking. That is from what we learned. Uh, we were a finalist along with a site in Iowa and a site in Ohio. And anybody who knows what Ohio has done with its economic development program, it's one of the strongest in the in the country because they invest a whole lot of, of money into their incentivization of business to come to Ohio. Um, they had a very attractive incentive package for Brandt. Uh, Iowa's even included land to give to Brandt hmm. for that facility. Where we went out is we had a facility already existing. We had a building. We had infrastructure. The two big parts of economic development that you can offer are infrastructure and education. We have a highly educated community with an available workforce for advanced manufacturing coming out, and we had infrastructure already in place for them. So that's really what won that deal. And you see the numbers on on what that incentive war, was for Brandt. It, we're starting to see it play out now. They far and above exceeded their requirements for an abatement for this year. Their biggest requirement was to hire 50 full-time positions in year one of their contract, and that was what the 2018 tax year was. They hired 90 full-time employees, mm. so they, they almost doubled that requirement, and they've invet- and there was an investment requirement for them to get it. If they didn't hit those, they wouldn't have gotten that, that, that abatement. And the deal that was set up between the uh, McLean County government and the Unit 5 government as well was that it's a 50 50% abatement for most of their property. There's only two small par- parcels that are currently farmland north of the facility that were 100% abatement. So they, I think they have five parcels altogether in that area that fall under that tax abatement. And their main one, the factory, generates the vast majority of what that tax is they would pay. So for this year in the numbers game, 50% of that it, it all, all five of those together totaled up to be about $121,000 of taxes. In and of itself, that would be a, a significant chunk not going to the taxing body. Since it was 50%, it averages out. They paid about 60500 60, in taxes for that facility and, and had an abatement deal for 61000 this year. Okay. So just over 50% because of that 100% parcel, but that's kind of the breakdown there. They still paid. We we still got uh, you know $60,000 of investment out of that, but you have to take in, into account what would happen if they weren't there and, and what that would be worth. And yeah, you would have your $120,000 this year, but if there's nobody in that factory and making sure it's kept up, making sure it's at operating condition, the land value starts to deteriorate there. So yeah. you think four or five years down the road, that's not 120000 anymore. That's going to drop. But in their case, it's going to increase exponentially because they're planning over $20 million in expansion. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, um, hopefully the, them seeing a future in the facility, if they've got more capital available, then they're going to invest in in that actual location and continue to grow. 
um, for you know playing the long game there. And we do that. look, and, and in that long game, we look at partners that are going to be good fits for our community. Um, and sometimes they're your feet are held to the fire a little bit, and and there's a little bit of a chance taken with with filling some opportunities, and they might work out, and in the long run, they might not look as as attractive. But Brant is one of those that it was a good fit for the community. They had the mindset to uh, be service minded too. Our area, they do an, an, an absolutely amazing amount of philanthropy in their location in Saskatchewan, um, whether that be to local youth sports, whether that be to local community efforts. And we've already seen that in different places in, in the Bloomington Normal area, that they're a good fit for the culture of our community and that they're, they're going to be somebody who is a partner for McLean County for decades to come. Rivian is a great example of that. They came in and saw that our community was a fit. So our community as a whole, they they sat in our coffee shops, they ate at our restaurants, they stayed in our hotels, they talked to our citizens, and they realized that we were the kind of people that they wanted to 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 build a culture around as a as a manufacturer, and that's going to pay huge dividends as as they get their footing and as they start production as well. So sometimes it's all about the culture of the community. And how good of a fit it is, if we have that option, that's something we're going to seek out. So I know saying something's a good fit can be kind of a trigger word for some people. Um, You know, the free market types of why should a centralized organization be deciding what's a good fit for the economy? So what I hear you saying, though, is you're talking more the, the company culture, not like a centrally managed economy. Right? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes. So what is, um, could you give an example of things you might see in a company that would cause you concern that they wouldn't be a good fit for the community? Uh, one area that we look at in particular is how quick they are to expand. Um, we take We take a deep dive in the vetting process into how they have uh, managed past expansions. If it's a major company, that can be a very big concern if you have an obvious reputation of of quick to move, quick to alter your your workforce. Um, Maybe you're moving things too quickly in and out, and these things stick out right away for us. And We'll be upfront with companies in that case, and I I don't think we want to pursue this any further. Um, and, And at a city level, at a county level, that's also decisions that that have to be made. We bring everybody to the table as soon as possible in these discussions. And sometimes people say, hey, I don't really, really don't have a good feeling about this one, uh, for whatever reason that is. And we'll say, okay, uh, that's that's something we'll take into account. And um, it could be because of their financials as we see things. It could be um, expansion possibilities. It could mean that, you know, we're a university town at our, at our core. We have two excellent universities. We have a great community college and we have Lincoln College operating as well. Um, there's, there's room for that workforce to expand. We have 4,000 college students graduate every year. There's an available workforce, but if for some reason there's, there's not an ability for them to draw from that workforce, whether it's specialties we offer. That's one reason that Illinois State has looked at expanding a, an engineering program because yeah, of give a lot of this. Example yeah. of a, yeah. Of a yeah, if we don't have a engineering-focused uh, major in town, then maybe that type of firm isn't um, isn't the best fit. Yeah, yeah. We're certainly not trying to cherry pick businesses and, sure, and yeah. seek those out, but yeah. we want it to be 
where the best possible growth opportunity is there for those those businesses that yeah. are targeted. So when you say moving in and out, like um, companies that are um, like outsourcing regularly or you know don't stay in one location for an extended period of time, that's kind of what you mean as a red flag there. And a, and a big red flag is a is a huge ask for an incentive package. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something that is not appetizing to us at the EDC. That's something that's certainly not exciting for a majority of our populace, as we've seen in the last few years. It's it's tricky because uh, you got to make sure. One thing that we're not afraid to shy away from either is. Uh, we had a company about four years ago that came in and asked for incentives on something, and uh, there weren't there weren't good clawbacks. They they sought them out as a loophole, and they're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a red flag. That's they, we get smarter the more of these we deal with, and and we learn how to 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 put in these clawbacks, to put in incentive based uh, uh, or uh, yeah, performance based incentives. Yeah. And um, I, I think you see this in a, a lot of communities as well. It's a it's still a always an interesting discussion and, and one of those uncomfortable areas that we're like, well, we've reached this, This uh, let's put on our helmets and, and go to battle. But uh, uh, it's it's interesting to see how it's played out and how it's evolved over the last decade in particular. Yeah. So it, um, no, what was I going to say? So we're, we're, it sounds to me like you do your best for us to bargain from a position of power. Because there's a, I've heard it said before, you know, people just come to the, the town of the town or the city and with their hand out, and then we like are begging people to come. But that's not what I, what I hear you saying is the reality. A great example is uh, we go to a conference every year in um, Washington D.C. It's the Select USA Summit, and this is actually put on by the U.S. Department of Commerce. They invite. Uh, businesses that are growing from all over the world, and their goal is to get them to locate their operations somewhere in the United States somehow. And we'll be sitting in the Illinois booth in a, about a month and a half, and I will be very wary of who I have those conversations with, who I set up meetings with, because if your first question when you come up to me is, what kind of incentive package do you have? Mm. I'm not going to pursue that any further, because you're not looking for a cultural fit with our community, you're looking for the best amount of financial attachment you can you can siphon off of a of a region, and that's that's not going to be a fit for us. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, but uh, I, I like to do a little lightning round before. I should have warned you about this, but you've been a host before, so you've been on the other I side. I know it's of coming. It. Yeah. So the main thing I want to talk about next is other. Um, other organizations in town that you, uh, EDC has relationships with. Sure, sure. So, um, so I'm gonna try going down ones here, and you can give me, uh, you can give me some words that come to your mind with that. Uh, and if uh, if it gets too, uh, if it gets too <laughs> negative, then we'll just we'll edit it out. Accordingly. Excellent, but excellent. That's, that's not the plan. All right. Um, so, ISU. Are these bad lighting round topics? No, no, no. It's it's okay. good. I didn't think about that. I ask you. Staple. Uh, Bloomington. Opportunity. Normal. Forward thinking. McLean County, like the board, I guess, the government of McLean County. 
thoughtful in the and then this one I will jump off the the one the one word for they are thoughtful and mindful of uh, expanding the entire county and that's a, something that's important we can get so focused on Bloomington normal in particular but they serve a wider audience and that's a great thing to for us to keep in mind not only as a community but as a county and a region all right we'll definitely talk more about that one though mm-hmm. and a small business development center outstanding all right you can stop sweating now <laughs> you won't not gonna make you lose your job <laughs> we hope we'll, we'll be right back after uh, this word from our sponsor cool thing going on in bloomington coming up is the bloomington normal video game convention that is co-sponsored by play normal esports the co-creator of mortal Kombat is going to be coming it's going to be sunday may 5th from 9 a.m to 6 p.m so all day it's at the radisson hotel and conference center if you've ever wanted to see what a video game convention looks like then this is a good opportunity to try it out uh, not a lot of these come outside of major urban areas so it's neat that it's coming here it's going to be 60 tables of video games for sale there'll be people dressed up as your favorite video game characters especially mortal Kombat characters so uh, check that out online on Facebook. And, of course, keep Play Normal Esports in mind for all your video game needs. So as promised, let's talk about the EDC and the relationship with all the different uh, bodies that are going on around here in, um, in Bloomington. And not just in Bloomington Normal, but in all McLean County. So first, um, is EDC a private organization? So the EDC would best be described as a private-public organization. Um, depending on what the number breakdown is, it's about 60-40, um, private to public on the, the sectors. Some of our bigger investors in particular, single-mindedly, um, are um, the town of Normal, the city of Bloomington, and McLean County, uh, because... Their economic development is tied directly to what we're able to bring in. At the EDC, we tend to focus on primary job creation. And what a primary job is best described as is a living wage job that is not retail. Um, So what you see at the program levels for the city of Bloomington and the town of Normal are a heavy retail focus, filling their retail space because they have a tax base that they have to uh, be very concerned about um, increasing their their sales tax income because that's a a large chunk of their revenue source. Uh, So we work very closely with them. There will be projects where we need their help and they need ours on on different things. So we work very closely with them. We keep very close communication with both of those entities in particular, and we're we're always communicating with the county as well. Um, They all have seats on our board, and uh, then those are also filled. And we have a 15-member board of directors at the EDC, and that's a mix of the public and the private as well, and uh, we we try to to maintain that balance, and we kind of serve as a liaison at times uh, in the, the business side of things between um, our community governments and our community at large. So, how do people get elected or appointed to that board? The board generally uh, will do recruitment for that. Uh, at one point, it was a 40-member board, which oh, wow. is just unruly, and uh, you're, you're trying to include as many of the interested parties as possible, and that gets tough. Yeah. Uh, that just you, you try to find the best fits. You try to find were those paid positions. You get uh, it count as jobs created, maybe. <laughs> maybe try maybe. to add the balance sheet there. <laughs> I don't know how the stats break down the at that point, <laughs> but they wisely chose, I think, uh, with our 
our, our last CEO, Kyle Ham, came in and reduced it to about a 15-member, more of a working board, uh, ones that you, you could count on to really go and get things done. And when we had these projects come in or we had a need for some board backing, it was people. There were people on the old board who, by no means, that was, uh, that was no knock on them. They had to vote to reduce the size of the board. So that's one of those awkward moments. Hey, guys, we're going to reduce uh, this down by about 30 people, and uh, yeah. you got to vote to do it, and you're not going to be on there. But they cycle <laughs> off as well every few years. What's the length of the term? Um, typically, terms are a year to two years, um, depending on what point they came out of the board. works similar to how it does with Congress. If somebody's coming in, they try to stagger the terms so everybody doesn't go off sure. all at once. And um, then the, does the what body votes to put people on the board uh the edc board of directors does typically um we we try to include most of our largest employers as well because they have the most influence is is really why that is sure you you want influencers on your board who are going to be able to to go and get things done and uh both of uh both of the mayors in bloomington and normal are are our newest members We're, we're we've worked to try to create the best opportunity for communication between our our city governments and what we're doing at the Economic yeah. Development Council. And is like the county board chair on there too, or is it just a member of the county board? Actually, he's the one who gets to pick that member, so he is filling that role currently, John McIntyre, a okay. member of our board. Um, and uh, they they can elect to, to place um, council members on there. Our most, most recent ones were Jeff Fritzen for Normal and Amelia Burgess for Bloomington, and both of those are leaving the councils. So we're working through the process of, of figuring out who those new members are. But uh, one of the requirements that we work with is that we're going to be able able to make sure that those people share with the wider boards uh, for for their municipalities so that we're able to keep good communication because they are doing a lot in in the community but we also tend to think of ourselves as a very important outlet that that should be near the top of that list uh, whether it's an economic development need somewhere in the city and and there's a particular ward member that needs to know and be part of that conversation or or whether that's uh, somebody looking to locate somewhere in north normal for example or or, or somewhere uh, near the Rivian factor we want to have that whole board um, understanding the conversation and, and up on what we're doing so that there's no surprises down the line. Yeah, It does get tricky being a private entity. There are benefits to being economic development in a private setting. We are not uh, foyable, for example, and that's not to be sneaky. Uh, I do want to point that out. That is to protect companies as they come in. Sure. Um, Real estate is a big portion of that because if if you are forced to share a company's information and, and get down as far as some of their financial op- options, it can really cause them um, distress trying to find a property. Um, Brant was an example of that. As soon as that hit the public boards and people found out that they were looking to buy some of the properties around the factory there, the prices skyrocketed. And uh, that's something that we're trying to prevent so that it, it, it benefits that business to come in as well. So that's that's just an example of, of one of the areas why we, we do try to keep as much secrecy as possible. It's not it's not to prevent anybody from knowing anything. It's never to uh, pull the wool over the eyes of the public. It's 
it's because our our first client is is trying to help that business, and it's ultimately up to those public bodies to make those decisions. But uh, we want to make sure that they're comfortable with the time frame that they're provided as well. So you can negotiate and advise, and um, but ultimately, the power you have is is limited to that, yeah. right? You you make advice. I mean, sorry, you arrange for. Uh, deals or potential buyers, and if there is anything that is required um, of the city, then that's that's ultimately where the authority lies, right? City or the town. It's going to end up there yeah. one way or, or another. Or the county. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, Bloomington... Let's let's. I guess let's go one by one. Normal does not have its own economic development department, right? Um, and the county doesn't either... Uh, Normal had a, an economic development director. Sally Heffernan was there the last several years, and Sally just retired last month. Uh, we're waiting to see what the, the town decides to do and, and what direction to go. I think it's important to have somebody uh, be the boots on the ground for your community um, to to fill that role. And, and it's very helpful for us too when that's an experienced person with with economic development. The more the more bodies that are committed to economic development in the community, the better it is for yeah. us. Okay. Um, and then Bloomington just recently developed its own economic development department. Um, so I know they they took some of the money you guys are probably counting on to do that. Do you see that? Uh, it's probably going to hurt short term, but how does that look for the future for you? Long term, just kind of what I was saying, I think it's a positive because that commits more people to focusing on development. We will still, our mission does not change at the EDC. We will still be committed to local expansion, to local retention, and to the entrepreneurs of the community, working with the small business folks. That is aided in having the city of Bloomington have more people focusing on downtown. That is an important part. Part of the, you know, the core of a city is the heartbeat of that community's business culture, and uh, I know a lot of people think that that is no longer the case in America. But you see everywhere across the country that the attention is is turning back to downtowns, and a healthy downtown will help boost an entire half of Bloomington. Uh, that's going to have shockwave effects in in the some of the service industries for West Bloomington if if there's there's more in that portion of the community geographically. Uh, so the city of Bloomington, whether they focus primarily on their retail sector, whether they focus on downtown, or, or whether they choose to try to promote and bring in some businesses on their own, they're still going to work with us. They, it's, it's still beneficial for us. It's not a com- competitive thing, and it, and it can't be a competitive thing, because when we go to places and, and try to promote Bloomington Normal, we're not promoting Bloomington. We're not promoting Normal. We're not even promoting McLean County. More often than not, we're promoting Central Illinois. And people don't, you know, if we're going to a foreign direct investment conference, they might know Chicago. They might not know Central Illinois. Yeah. Much much <laughs> less, oh, you know, what's the difference between Lexington and Chenoa? What's the difference between Bloomington and Normal? What's the difference between Bloomington Normal and Champaign-Urbana? Um, yeah. And, and there are ripple effects. When you bring in a business, Rivian is going to be one of those examples. Mitsubishi, at its peak, over half of the uh, employees at the factory, just over half, actually came from the Peoria area. So you see how bringing in business has 
a shockwave impact on, a, on the entire region at large. We've had meetings with Peoria's EDC. We've had meetings with uh, the folks in Decatur, in Champaign County, and uh, now in Springfield having newly formed. A, they didn't have an EDC for several years and have just been in the process the last year to, to get one up and running. We're working with all of those parties to try to present Central Illinois. Uh, there are things that we have in common in communities. Uh, the U of I Research Park can can really benefit Bloomington Normal business. Um, Caterpillar is an assist. People who live in Bloomington Normal work at Caterpillar. Uh, there are shockwaves that are that really connect those communities, and we can present more of a regional effort. It just is tough to break out of that tribalism at, at times, and we've seen that locally at times. And We've seen why it's important to, to work together, but we all need to realize that we're not out there. Like People don't care if you're in Bloomington or normal. They want to know what their their workforce is going to be available. And if that person works in normal, great. If your business is in Bloomington, wonderful. They just want to make sure that they're going to have success in their growth, and that's, that's really where we have to focus. Well, I would think like... So the focus on downtown would then help your bargaining position, too, as people come in as far as them assessing if we're a good fit, right? Um, maybe a particular type of business is drawn to uh, the, a, a vibrant downtown area for its employees. Um, it, it just it all kind of synergizes, right? It really does. And and we see this in other areas of the country as well. Um, I was at a conference in Baltimore a couple of years ago, and it, it was confusing at first for me because there were, there were county EDCs, there were city uh, departments that were economic development, and I was trying to figure out how they all work together. And then quickly I realized that they all have their priorities, they all have their focuses, but they work together to to allow for new opportunities that maybe we're missing because we we're, we're stretched too thin and, and focused in in one area or another. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. Though. So it sounds like to me, if I can offer my understanding, of what you're saying, sure. yeah, EDC is looking regionally, like uh, you know, central Illinois wise. Um, the cities are focused more on their micro needs of just their city. So. Um, like I'd assume if you identify a um, Rivian, then you sort of hand it off to the town of Normal at some point, and then they continue that that relationship on there. And um, your your job becomes you, you have less and less of a job the more that they take on, right? Is that kind of the ideal state that would happen there? That's the ideal that, state. Okay. I think I think our involvement typically peaks about the time you get to the meetings for those incentive deals or whether it's to approve purchases for facilities or land. Uh, typically, you'll see us start to fade off a, a little bit in the involvement. We try to maintain those relationships then. We, we transition from bringing them in to making sure that they have everything they need. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a natural transition there, and uh, obviously we'll work closely with the, the Chamber of Commerce as, yeah, so that's as they get the established. What, is, what role do they play? I'll let you ask it. <laughs> so, Zach, what role, do they, what role does the Chamber of Commerce play in this whole thing? Well, certainly. Tyson, uh, the the chamber starts to get involved as those businesses 
come to town. Um, and whether it's a, a new business that's that's coming in, um, they they have roles. That, the chamber does a lot with workforce development in our community, so um, they'll work with Heartland Community College maybe on 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 workers and apprenticeship programs and things like that. We 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 maintain uh, close ties with the trade unions as well to uh, to help as businesses come in. But where you kind of see the differentiation is we're we're the ones trying to hook the fish and once the fish is here uh, I would say the chamber is the one who will will prepare them and integrate them into the community they're the business advocates so um, if it's a, a training program or, or the like of that networking and things that's where the the chamber kind of takes over so that's that's been something interesting we, we've delineated with uh, the small business development center being at Illinois Wesleyan if there's a new business starting they'll start at the SBDC once they kind of reach the point where maybe they need a location maybe they need some help with figuring out logistics for their location that they found we'll help them with that and then once they're up and running and 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 trying to advance as a a business locally that's where the chamber kind of steps in okay so uh the sbdc um that's out of wesleyan right correct yeah um and there's some public funding that goes to that as well um that's more towards someone who's already local who's got an idea of a business that they want to start and they can give them some coaching to get through the logistics of that Exactly. They can they can help from anything with just solidifying ideas. Really, you have to have an idea going into the SBDC, and there there is a, a, a some service fees for some of their work. Um, they they will do consultation, and we want to be upfront with people about that that uh, they, that it's not all all free work in going into that. But they're they're trying to make it easier for our small businesses to develop and and grow. Obviously, it's right there in the name. Um, one one of the areas they'll do is they'll help come up with business plans. They'll help with marketing strategies. They'll they'll navigate taxes and and some of the difficulties that will pop up with just the the simple things that get overlooked with starting a business. Um, that's why we've worked with the SBDC and with the universities so closely on the idea of having a business incubator space uh, because. It's easy to have an idea. It is hard to get that idea into the implementation phase and even harder still to, to upscale your business after that. So there's people all along the route that will help with that. And we're trying to build that ecosystem to make it a friendly community for small business and entrepreneurship growth. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's different stages of business and also different kinds of business. There's, um, you know, there's the small business owner where maybe they want to like start a coffee shop or a barber shop or something like that. That's something where you're going to reach your, it's not a scalable type activity. You, you want to get set up, but then you're, you're going to, unless you're starting to tr- try to start a chain or a franchise or something, you're probably going to reach your cap of how many uh, haircuts you can get. Um, there's also people who want to start a business where they're looking like, I'm going to sell worldwide and after I get my initial sales put in, like I need to know how to connect to different markets outside of uh, outside of Bloomington Normal. Yeah. Um, what what organization in town would like? Would you have a particular focus on either one of those kinds? Would would one of the entities be more likely to service those two different kinds of uh, stages of a business's growth or type of businesses? In comparison to us versus like the chamber or SBDC? Yeah, kind of. Where would those? Let's say someone's got a business to say they've got like maybe ten employees and they're they're pulling in some steady revenue, but they really want to take that next step to like become 
like the next stage in your organization? Where does that kind of entity go? Sure, we'll we'll help out with that. Typically, um, there's there's crossover all throughout there. It kind of depends on what their needs are. If it if it's more in the line of okay, how do I how do I build a plan to upscale from that point? The SBDC might be a fit for for them. If it's okay, well, we really need to figure out how we can expand uh, maybe our location. That maybe we have some land that we want to build out. How do we navigate that process? We can help with that. So maybe distill is actually an example of what we're mm-hmm. talking about, where they're going from a. You know, I, I assume they had some sort of distribution ahead of that, but we really want to create like a full brewery and start selling our beer nationwide. Like, how do we? So then you help with the land, the zoning, the you know construction. Are there any incentives for this? Justify to them mm-hmm. why they should stay here. Um, that kind of we support, worked heavily right? in that process. That yeah. would be an EDC function um, for us. That's a that's a core function. And um, uh, when when it's that much growth, that's certainly something that that we're going to prioritize because that's going to impact a, a larger larger percentage. That doesn't mean that we can focus less on on smaller. Maybe it's somebody in a in a store that wants to upgrade from two employees to five. Uh, that's we'll, we'll get involved and help as much as we can. There are programs that are uniquely fitted to those areas, and if there's crossover, we'll certainly direct them to uh, whatever is going to help their need the quickest. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so we ta- you had some thoughts in the lightning round about the county. We haven't really talked about them before. So um, that's a little bit – it's a different beast there, right, because I – you got uh, you start getting into agricultural um, aspects. You've got um, land that you want to build renewable energy sources on that people mm-hmm. have mixed feelings about. Um, I mean, Bloomington Normal is still part of a county, so that's going to be represented there. So talk about some of the complexities of dealing with that sort of diversity. Sure, and I, I want to be clear. The county is an excellent partner of economic development and the EDC in particular. They're one of our our, our best investors um, from a, a monetary standpoint, and um, they are very concerned with our growth as a, as a region. And that is something that... Uh, uh, that is that is hard to pass up from a from a passionate standpoint, and we want to work with them as 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 a close partner. Um, it can be tough for us from a a rural development standpoint. Uh, it's not just in McLean County where the struggles are. It's a national thing. There's a reason that it gets called flyover country. Is most people are not keyed into what's happening in Central Illinois, and it it can be more difficult when uh, we we have things pop up but Brant was a good example we've had in the in the last 10 years with uh with Wurtz beverage and now uh some some changes in the organization there up in lexington but there are opportunities in these these small counties and it's important to remember from an economic development standpoint it doesn't have to be a home run hit with 100 jobs at a, at a factory that's a definite bonus but um, sometimes it's something as little as a Casey's General Store that's the economic driver for a community. So we have to know what the scale is. We have to be able to communicate with them because they represent those populations. And we have to treat everybody equally um, in those senses. So working with the county is vital, and they help us in many ways. One of the areas that uh, has been of interest in the last few years has been the expansion of renewable energy in McLean County with wind 
farms and solar farms coming up. There, there are benefits there, but uh, you, you don't want to you don't want to fight the population either when it, when it's our sense. So it's it's a delicate balance because sometimes people live in a community of fifteen hundred people because it's not growing uh, in in certain ways, and that doesn't change our mentality that that growth is the best solution. It's I think it's easy to say if you're not growing, you're dying, but that might not be the case. It might be stable. So we look at our partners all around the county and and we realize how important they are and, and, and how we need to come up with programs that are that are as tailored to our, our, our smaller partners as they are to the to the big boys in, in the center of the county. Yeah, it sounds like the you're um sounds like you're very attuned to the differences and trying to match the needs to the the different bodies in the different areas, which I guess makes sense because if you really want to be successful in your goal, you don't want to cram something down someone's throat that they're not interested in or not um, that they really don't believe is a fit because uh, they know better than you, right? What the fit for their for their area is, and again, fit being culturally, logistically, um, that's you have to trust their judgment and intuition about things, right? And, and it, it's also attacking your mentality. It's kind of taken over, I think, everybody in America to some extent. Uh, it, you saw it with the, the Amazon deal for New York City. It was, was a great example. Uh, they put together a package. They put together a deal. And then the community as a whole said, we don't want this. We don't want what the changes are going to be. Yeah. And, and it might be easy to say, well, you don't want 25,000 jobs? It's Things can change your community. So that's why the fit is important. That's why the, the cultural connection is important. And it could be something as simple as, you know, uh, they, they either want our help or they don't. And some communities are, are more willing to, to reach out. But we need to do a better job as an organization, and we need to do a better job as a community of, of, of understanding the differences. And and I think the, the quickest way to see that is is politically as uh, as as sources but uh, that's that's part of what we lost is that conversation as Americans we need to we need to do a better job of understanding the needs of, of our neighbors and, and and how that will benefit our whole community because it's not just us we're not Bloomington we're not normal we're not west side versus east side we're not McLean County versus Champaign County and, you know we're all in this together and we and part of that development is is, is helping the social and and the business side yeah, it's unfortunate to me. You know, example of how some little thing can get a bunch of negativity. The fact that part of the Rivian deal was the ice, the snow removal, and the grass cutting. That um, to, I think to some they believe that that was the entirety of the incentive package offered to Rivian, and the fact that that was just like a little add-on. Um, you know, if we didn't have that, would we really have lost the deal? But yet that's like a, a focal point for for critics for the whole incentive package and all of Rivian, right? Uh, it's, it's, un, it's, it's weird how just like a little thing can catch on like that. You never know what's going to be, though. I'm sure at the time, you're, it's not like... You, you don't know. know what's going to pop up. But uh, Rivian's a unique example, too. Um, they're a startup company that is growing rapidly and... The simple thing is like including the the snow plowing in in that and snow removal allows them to focus more attention on the development of their vehicle and working out the kinks as they approach production phase. So 
it's it's all about helping them in the near term in that sense and helping them in the long term to succeed. We have to focus on both. We don't get to pick and choose at our organization, and that wears us out <laughs> sometimes and can be a strain, but we have to focus on the big and the small. We have to focus on the near and the far, and uh, that can be challenging sometimes because it's hard. It's, it's difficult to focus on that strategy. So how... Um I mean, so you've, you've kind of mentioned, like, you recognize the need to do more education and have more transparency. A limitation on that is the confidentiality of the deals that you have. I would imagine another limitation is just, um, you know, what part of the deal is because the EDC exists and what part is just naturally, uh, you know, you don't want to cr- take credit for all of the jobs that Brent made, right? It's right. not like the EDC yeah. was the one who made those jobs. You facilitated this transaction. So it's kind of like, so as I'm thinking about it almost, it's kind of like a thankless job. Like when things don't go well, you're not going to have a bunch of reporting like, hey guys, like there were some businesses that came in and we figured out that they weren't any good. So we didn't offer them, you know, we didn't offer them a site. That's not, that's not really great. Um, and then when you, when you do have a success, it's like, you don't want to take all the credit for it, you know? So, uh, is there anything in particular you are trying to do though? Um, other than coming on local podcasts to try to, um, make the, the successes more well known or the functions more well known? That's part of why the BN Advantage initiative was created. That's something that um, has maybe unfortunately um, not gotten the the publicity that that maybe we thought it, it needed to have in particular of our core entities. But there's there's a sense that whether it's the the Midwest culture or maybe it's just a, a, a blooming to normal cultural thing that uh, we really just don't want to brag too much. I can guarantee you that there are people all over the place that will rub it in your face with a, a banner on an airplane what they've what they've done at their organizations <laughs> and it's never the EDCs. It's it's it is kind of a thankless job at times. And and what I heard somebody from another community in Illinois describe working at an EDC for. Is he, he said, you're, you're never going to get to say what you want. It's never going to feel good to do what you're doing. And and other people could do your job, but they don't really want to. So, <laughs> And I said, man, you've been in this too long. And he said, That's just, it's, it's just how it is. But it's, it's an important thing for communities to understand how important economic development is. It has to be a top priority for any community. And We've been comfortable in Bloomington Normal for years. Uh, things have been good without us having to try very hard. Uh, to, to be very blunt, is we've had growing businesses that were naturally growing, and we have built our culture on risk aversion and security, and that's what's successful. And now that is not enough to separate us from the rest of the world. Um, you could be in anywhere in California competing with little old central Illinois who's also competing with somebody in Norway. I mean, it's, it's amazing how the world has shrunk in that. And we are on an equal playing field with people, and people are not afraid to tout their communities. So we know there's a reason we live in Bloomington Normal. We have a strong business climate. It's one of the strongest in Illinois. 
Illinois, and uh, you, you just heard maybe last week the census reports came out of of the growth rate in Illinois shrinking. It still hasn't in Bloomington normal. Now, stagnant is not good. We're not going to go around touting that, hey, we haven't shrunk, but we haven't grown. <laughs> but at the same time, we need to know that there is something special about McLean County. There's something extremely special about Bloomington normal. We've had that recipe for years, but now we have to fight for it if we want to keep it and continue to grow it. Yeah. Well, I think you answered my last question was I was going to put my, um, you know, my libertarian hat on and say, like, why can't the free market just handle this? And um, if I if I hear the answer from you right, it's it's that it's we're a global network. Uh, it's, it's a global game now. And so if you don't have that central point of contact for businesses that are trying to find a good space for them, and if you're not proactively marketing your area, then you're just not going to get noticed. Um, if someone's trying to figure out if you're going to Oslo or Bloomington Normal, they're, they're going to you know, look at Oslo first and not even know that, that we exist. So uh, is, is that a fair summary of why, of, of why we need economic development uh, departments and councils and I think I think it is. I think it, you can let the free market handle a, a lot of it. Um, one thing that's important to know is everybody's going to tout their quality of life. Everybody's going to tout their workforce, and everybody's going to say how great it is to live in their community. And if you're not, you should probably assess where you're living. I think is 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 what that comes down to. But um, as much as I would love it to be that, uh, that that people just look at something and and choose based off of oh yes you know. It's it's about building a top-of-mind readiness for companies that you may not get every opportunity that comes down the road, and you may not land the ones that you think are just the perfect 100% match for you, and this would be a great thing for our community. This is exactly what we need to turn things around, and those deals might not work out. You might have other ones that aren't perfect and, and do provide benefit to the community, whether it's from a business diversification standpoint um, new industries that offer new opportunities for your people. It's about covering the largest ground possible for us. And, uh, and, and, and what we do from an economic development standpoint is we're out there every day trying to sell Bloomington Normal to, to everybody. And uh, we want people to live here. We love it here. We continue to be part of the McLean County community because uh, it's home, and that's it's home for 172,000 other people that are that are in our area. So we we want to fight for it, and and we're going to continue to do that as 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 long as uh, as there's a mandate out there for us to to keep that growth mentality. Yeah, cool. Well, I found this uh, very informative and educational. Um, I've been wanting to learn more about what you guys do for a long time, so I figured instead of just sitting down and having coffee with you, we could record it so maybe a few other people can hear. Absolutely. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Is there any place, anything else you want to say or any other place to like point people to more? for more information? We are always happy to talk to anybody who has interest in particular projects and just maybe what's going on in the economic development world. Uh, the International Economic Development Council actually put out uh, a list of 10 things that organizations should be doing, and 
at the top of that list was communication with the the everyman. Everybody should should who is curious about what we're doing with economic development or just wants to talk shop. We're we're open and we are located in the Heartland Bank Building in Uptown Normal on the fourth floor. You can't miss our office right off the elevator. You can call us in into our office to to chat and we've had people do that about oh, what roads can we get fixed uh, for our for our infrastructure. We're glad to pass along those messages to the to the people in need. Uh, 309-452-8437 is our phone number or you can visit us at bnbiz bnbiz.org and uh, hopefully find as much as possible there. Yeah, and I'll put links to all that in the show notes here. Excellent. And uh, yeah, well, thanks a lot for coming, Zach. All right, thanks yeah. so much for having me. Yep. Before we go, I want to thank our sponsors again Play Normal Esports, Normal Gadgets. Come check out their facility if you haven't so far. It's a really cool place. Everyone who comes in to do the podcast goes, I didn't know this place was here. It's really cool. Um, is, was that your reaction too, Zach? It's amazing when you walk in. I mean, there's the whole room set up for uh, for tournaments and for, for for gaming. It's it's been so cool to see how esports has grown in Bloomington Normal in the last year and a half with Wesleyan developing its program and with with the uh, Route 66 tournament downtown this winter. It's it's a great hub for that to continue to grow too. Yeah, very neat. And also, thank you to Low Beaver Brewery, also a local business that's expanding and taking the journey that we were talking about here and distributing wider and wider. So get in and uh, get a beer with them, and you can say you uh, you were one of the people who knew them before they were uh, world famous. I, I see a good trajectory for them. And we are done. I find it much easier now that we are sponsored to just go ahead and just pick the Little Beaver Brewery uh, option. I was over at, um, oh, man, what's the name of that restaurant? There's uh, there's one over, uh, it's like at Tawanda Barnes and, um, like, Empire right at the edge of town. What the heck is that called? Right. No, man. Like where Joe's is? Joe's Pub Joe's area? Pub, that's what it yeah. is. Okay. Joe's Pub? Yeah. Make a note to cut that out.